Shana and we are the, the one, 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 one here. Yes, here today for another episode. We are talking all about politics. Currently, we are 19 days away from election here in the United States. And the reason I make that distinction is because today the stats are in. We just found out that we have um an international audience. So shout out to the person in Denmark hey. that is listening <laughs> to you. our and podcast. You never know who you're going to reach. Okay. okay. You never know. You never know. Um, I have the map behind me. Just find yourselves. Find yourselves. Yes, we international, um, baby. International. Okay. Ain't there a song? Don't Ludacris got us on? No. Eric, we pimping all over the world. We podcasting all over the world. Oh yeah, pod. Ooh, there you go. Podcasting all over the world. Actually, might need to keep that for um an episode title. That's cute. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's cute. Yeah, that's cute. Okay, so as I said, we are 19 days away from election day here in the United States, and so today we are talking all things politics, getting politically correct, but also giving you the 1,000 correct. So we are going to keep it real. And, um, but before we start, we always start with the check-in. So, Courtney. Yes. How you been doing? I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. Um, I don't really know what's going on. I'm just regular, 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 regular girl this week. I don't know. (laughs) I don't really got too much new happening. I mean, outside of, let's see. I've been doing a lot of bike riding in New York City lately. I've been getting out there, trying to get my fitness together, sightseeing. So I've been doing that. Um, working, eating, living. <laughs> okay, living on 1,000. All of that. All of that. Just just on 1,000. Cool, 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 cool. Christy? So... I randomly started selling things on Facebook Marketplace and Poshmark. Okay. How do you like it? Businesswoman? Yeah, and I made my first sale today. I sold a Coach handbag. So I shipped it off today. That went well. And I have, I think, about five or six things listed, both on the Marketplace and Poshmark. So I think I want to start getting more into it because I've been like, you know, kind of going through purge mode. Like, I don't like this anymore. I want to get rid of this. Then I had some really nice, like, pieces, like formal gowns. So I was like, instead of giving those away, let me see if I can make some coins off of them. So, yeah, I just, like, randomly got into it. I'm like, you know what? I don't I had an MCM bag that I no longer wanted. And I was like, oh, no, baby, this is too nice to give away. So I was like, let me get some money. And, um, yeah, so... I'm not to say like how come none of you, like we didn't know that you were selling things. What if I wanted a bag? I, I, I will send you the link. I will send you the link. I got a little closet on Poshmark. I can send you all the items. Yes, yeah. put the link so you can see the you can see the Poshmark closet. Yes, so I'm gonna send you all the link. But that's <clears> it. <throat> that's it. Do you have any updates on your home? 
Yes. I did get an offer. And so we're going through the process. I am praying that all goes well so I can be over and done in like the first or second week in November. So was it was a good offer. You were like, felt really yes. good about it. It was okay. a very good offer. So more to come. Stay tuned. Yes. I'm going to stay tuned. I'm going to know. Me too. Me too. <laughs> All right, so what has been new with me, Rashana? Thank you so much for asking, Rashana. Um, <laughs> you're about to tell us anyway. <laughs> what I'm has it been new with me? Um, nothing. I'm still on Lovecraft. Uh, <laughs> enjoying that. We have our final and 10th episode coming on this Sunday night. I saw that Janelle Monet is doing some um, VR performance. Um, not too excited about it, but go ahead, Janelle Monet. We'll be watching. Uh, and what else? Oh, update. You all may have noticed if you are following on our Instagram page at 1000 Club Life on Instagram that I posted. I had my first consultation with the hair and skin doctor, and I have a preliminary diagnosis, I guess is what you call it, because it's not confirmed to have the biopsy. Yeah. of CCCA and please don't get back, bit mad at me because I don't know what all the C's stand for but the A is alopecia and so it is a form of alopecia that affects many African-American women and most African-American women who suffer from hair loss actually have CCCA so I'm excited not not excited about the diagnosis but it feels good to know that it is something that is treatable. It's in the early stages. And um, I'm a big research person. So this is now something else that I get to research and figure out how to, you know, live with it and prevent any future hair loss. So that is what is new with me. Just got back from North Carolina. Last time you all saw me, I was in North Carolina and my cousin, he is driving, he's on the road, um, and he's a good driver because he was taught by the best. Shout out to Jacoby. Very proud of you. Okay, Jacoby. Next time I come to the bar, I want to ride. Yes, yes. And he'll probably be, well, I would say he's happy now, but you all know how it is. They're happy when they first start driving. Then all of a sudden you want rides like, oh, I have plans, I have this, I have that. But don't let them start to forget you got gas money. Where was your gas money? When he was getting these free rides, okay. <laughs> Liz, I want 18 years of gasoline. <laughs> I will hire you as my driver, okay? There you go, Jacoby. I don't know. Jacoby might, Jacoby might, might be leave me hanging because Jacoby's ready to go. He'll be like, right, oh, he wants to make some money. <laughs> He'll be like, uh, I have things going on. <laughs> They'll have his old schedule. Yes. <laughs> have his own schedule um, too, too. so um i actually wanted to talk about one more thing during the check-in and it's about like covid being that it's um almost winter time mm-hmm. have you guys thought about like what that's going to look like for you for me it's just gonna be more in the house not really going out to eat probably as much because we were doing some outdoor dining and I'm pretty sure you know unless they have heaters or they have like a covered space there's not going to be as many restaurants doing outdoor dining so pretty much being in the house and I don't know about traveling I am 
going to be traveling in a couple of weeks, but the cases are rising in a lot of places. Where are you going? I'm coming home. Yeah, it's going to uh-huh. be my mom's birthday. So, are you going to be for Thanksgiving? No. I don't know what I'm going to do for Thanksgiving. So that's like another thing. Like I was actually talking to someone today just about, you know, they're recommending that, you know, people do like a virtual thing for the holidays. So I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, I'm just going to continue to monitor and see what's happening, what, you know, where the cases are rising and figure out from there. Wait, what date is that? For what? That you're coming. Oh, the 30th. I'm coming for my mom's birthday. So I'm coming for my mom's birthday. I got to get stuff out my house. It's oh, okay. No, I was just saying because Courtney's going to be here that same time. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see because, you know. You got a lot I, going on, it sounds like. Well, no. You know, I don't really do too much <laughs> when I visit my parents because my parents are older. I don't want to put them at risk. So. When I visit, I like when I visit home, I'm not really like out and about. So we'll see. We'll see how no problem. We'll send you photos. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Courtney? Um, I didn't really thought about it. I guess I'd be in the house. I probably would go home for a little bit longer, maybe for like longer than a week for Thanksgiving because it'll be winter time. Um I'm hoping there's still stuff to do around the city, like at least some outdoor activities. Like I love to go watch the Saks on Fifth Avenue light show every year. And I really hope that they're still going to be finding a way to do that. <laughs> Probably not outside, but maybe virtually or something. I don't know. I love that thing. So, um, but yeah, I haven't really, maybe doing more of like a self-care routine since we'll be in the house mm-hmm. a lot more, maybe focusing more on like, you know, born into me I guess but that's it I really ain't thought about it what about you I thought about it because <laughs> I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna do the winter um because at least now I can like go for a walk every day or go to the park or you know outdoor dining just as like y'all are talking about but the winter is gonna be pretty difficult so I was actually thinking about getting like a group of friends together and maybe like rotate homes like, you know, for the weekends or something. Um, or you could do like a, a cabin weekend. Yeah, 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 I'm definitely, yeah. So that was on my list. Um, just like really trying to figure out how to have some breaks. Yeah. You know, at least like once a month. Mm-hmm. which still sounds like a little bit but um yeah so those are the things that I've been thinking about and I am going home too for a couple weeks and then after that I'll be flying yeah so at least my winter will start off good yes yes my winter will start off well okay so today we are talking all things politics you may have noticed that we all have similar shirts on. Actually, we all have the same shirt on. It says, we are the squad. Squad? Yes. Yes. And so um, these shirts come from Ayanna Presley, who is a congresswoman from the great state of Massachusetts, where I'm from. Um, She actually represents the 7th District there. 
And uh, I just love her. And I'll talk about why I love her later. But being that we're talking about all things politics, it was really cool that we all have our shirts on because we are the, they are the squad. Ayanla, AOC, Rashida, and Ilman? Il- Ilhan? Ilman? Ilhan. 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 Thank you. Ilhan. And we are also the squad. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. Squad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's going to be a thing. <laughs> so, squad. Yeah, shout out to Jennifer Shirts. Yeah, she gifted us these shirts. So, thank oh. you. <laughs> I'm talking about who? <laughs> what? <laughs> but yes so my question for you ladies is hmm why are you voting y'all I can't switch that up Mm -hmm. (laughs) um okay I guess I'll go first um why am I voting Um, outside of, I feel like it's a right that we as black people didn't have. So I feel like it's disrespectful for us not to vote when our grandparents had to fight so hard to vote. So outside of that piece, I feel like a lot of, well, not a lot of black people, majority of black people feel like that. A lot of black people don't feel like that. But anyway, (laughs) um, I'm voting because it's one way for me to connect my voice to what I believe in and what I feel like matters. Um, and I'm not just talking about the presidential election, I'm talking more about the local elections too. Being able to say, um, I feel like this person represents me the most, or my, I am more, I am definitely invested in education and um, healthcare and all of these things that certain people in your area, I'm in the state of New Jersey, who they represent. So I'm voting because that's just a way for your voice to be heard, but it's also a way for me to express like what's important to me. Um, it's also a way for me to express my right <laughs> to exist and to vote and be a part of, of a country that votes, to be a part of that. Um, yeah, I think those are like my main reasons on why I vote, for sure, for sure. And to make sure that I was a part of it. I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, well, let me talk about politics. And I ain't really go like, no, I'm going to use, do what I say and say what I do. And I'm going to vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same I, here. I agree. Same here. It's a right. It's a right that we as Black people <laughs> haven't always had, or we haven't always had equal opportunity to vote. Uh, they mm-hmm. tried to suppress us. They still try to suppress our vote. And so right. I look at it as if like, if it's something that they want us not to do so much, then I'm going to make sure that I do it because that literally is the way that we choose the politicians that are going to be changing laws and that are going to represent our interests. So I want to be a part of that. As I said, it is our right. We are citizens in this country. We should be able to participate in the political process. And our ancestors literally died. Like they marched, they died, they protested for us now to have that right. So I feel like shame on me if I don't go out and vote uh, because they made that sacrifice for us. 
I think the other reason, especially in this election, is because there's just too much on the line. I know a lot of people are like, oh, my vote doesn't matter, but or my vote doesn't count, but literally your vote does, despite whether you think you live in a blue state or you you think that no matter whether you vote or not, it's gonna it's not gonna impact the outcome, your vote does count. And even if you don't think it's gonna count on the presidential uh, election or the decisions with the president, or it's it definitely counts on the local level. And so civic engagement is very important because there are a lot of laws, a lot of policies that affect your community, not just on the national stage. So that's why I vote. I'm going to continue to vote. My parents, when they would go and vote, because typically school would be out on election day, they always took mm -hmm. me with them. I think they even had where, like, for kids, you could fill out, like, a, a fake ballot, right? And so... My parents always took me with them, so I grew up watching them vote. It just came as like, you know, it was just natural that this is something, once I was eligible to vote, that this is something I'm going to do. So that's why I'm voting. Yeah, um, I agree with everything you all are saying. Um, I totally understand the frustration with voting, um, particularly how it works in our country um which is a monopoly based on a two-party system which completely sucks to me uh, and so understanding that um yeah i i get i get the frustration and also you know we're talking about things being politically things being po politically correct you could vote because someone said that they were going to do something and then just like with any anything right it could with anything it may not come true right or it may not manifest itself in the way that you thought that it should have mm -hmm. but that happens when you have any voting body you know if you're a part of any organization even with the three of us you know sometimes we have ideas and someone will say no that i don't really like that you know <laughs> and it changes so with any voting body that happens and i get that frustration especially when you are black especially when you are a woman especially when you are um working class you know like all of the a student or someone that has student loans just all of those things um can really discourage you from voting because you're you haven't seen it directly impact you right uh but for me it's important to vote because I see it as a part of a larger plan for economic stability for Black people, uh, particularly, and I say Black people, I mean Black Americans. Um, and while it's not the end all be all, it is a part, right? Because essentially, if you have someone in there that's willing to do something that makes it all the more easier for us um, to be able to push our agenda forward. So that is why I vote. Um, yeah, that's that's why I vote. That's why I vote. Uh, I know I'm smiling because it's like, I'm always on the fence with this, but <laughs> but I do, I, I do believe it's a part of the process. And so you have to do whatever it is that you need to do um, to be able to do that. So much of Christy, my mom, she used to take me voting too and actually let me, you know, circle the little bubbles 
with her. Um, <laughs> and so I used to really get excited about that. And that was when they actually had the booth and like we actually had a booth that you would go into and it had the curtain, mm-hmm. you know, slide mm-hmm. the curtain and you go in there. And, you know, sometimes I wasn't even like tall enough to reach, <laughs> reach, but she'd bring it down and she was like, you know, here, Circle Clinton, you know. <laughs> 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 and so I remember that as well. Um, my father didn't vote. I think I do believe his first time voting was for Barack Obama. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So he's not from this country. He's been in this country since the 70s and never felt like he wanted to be a part of our political system um, for a number of reasons. But, you know, he decided that if he was going to become a citizen and um, he wanted to do it when he could vote for a black man. So it was either Barack Obama or a couple of years before Barack Obama, he voted for Deval Patrick, who was our first um, black governor. And if I'm not mistaken, he might've been the first black governor in the US, is that right? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that might be true. Um, so yeah, so also that excitement of now being able to vote for people who look like you on yeah. the local, um, regional and federal level, national level, that makes voting fun too. Mm-hmm. So, um, who y'all voting for? I'm voting for Biden Harris. I think. Okay. I How you feel obviously. about it? <laughs> I just wow, feel like, obviously. Well, I just feel like, as a Black American, I feel like I'm not going to vote for the person who is. Try who emboldens white supremacists, who has clearly no respect for Black life, has not spoken out against those who have killed us, who have attacked us, who have threatened us. I just can't, I can't support someone who doesn't give not one single you know what about me. I just can't about me, about my family, about my friends, or anybody else that looks like me. I just, I can't support someone. And so there's other options out there, but I am going I to about vote. to ask, would you ever think about voting for the- No, I wouldn't because the they, don't have the they, don't, <laughs> they don't have a realistic chance to win. And I do, <laughs> I do want to support someone who has a realistic opportunity to win. I do realize that hopefully at one point, those other parties, that those candidates represent, maybe they will become more well known and recognized. But I am going to vote for Biden Harris. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't necessarily agree with everything that they're saying. I still feel like there's some holes in their plans for certain things. Like but what? I can't really tell you because. So this is one thing I was saying. I don't really do <laughs> politics, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'll watch CNN. I will, <laughs> you know, I'll, I do look at the debates and maybe occasionally some of the town halls, but I do not really get involved in politics. So just from what I've seen from the debates and some of the things that they've said, it doesn't really seem like they've thoroughly explained their plan Yes. For a lot of the issues, but like I said, I just can't support someone who 
does not care about me. And honestly, I feel like he, the current president does not even care about Americans in general. Just look at this pandemic. Right. So I just, yeah. I just can't. That's why I'm Biden Harris. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, in terms of, I really wish that, and this could be out there as a person who, um, I wouldn't say I'm well-versed in politics. I say I'm versed in politics, but I'm more so versed in like black politics. <laughs> um, I would say I do wish that there were community organizations or community branches of these parties that would break down their individual plans, right? So like even during this uh, virtual season, they could have like a webinar yeah. You could join in and they could break down their plan for healthcare. They could break down their plan for COVID, the medical side, right? And finding a vaccine. Then they could break down COVID emergency relief side, right? They could break down racial justice, right? Like I do wish that that happened because to your point, Christy, on the debate stage, you really don't hear anything, especially when we're debating these people, right? With grandpa. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, a, a, it's, I don't think it's even an age. It's just, it's just, it's just a mess. Like, it really is a mess. And so you really can't hear the plans thoroughly. And when you are looking at the plans, most people are getting it from the media, so you're getting a synopsis by what some people may consider biased media. You know, you're getting it from the New York Times or the Huffington Post or Fox News or wherever you get your news from. And it's snippets and it's talking points. Uh, and it's not, you know, you're not able to read it for yourself. Like my grandmother always says when it came to the Bible, you got to know it for yourself. And I wish that they provided more opportunities for people to read plans and listen in on them really dissect those plans a little more. Um, that being said, this political election, I am voting Democratic for um, Uncle Joe and Mamala. <laughs> and um, I, uh, let me say this, let me preface this. I voted third party last election, I voted for Jill Stein. And um, I voted for her because I am tired of a two party system. And, you know, I don't know if people know, but you have to pay to be on those debate stages. It's not it's not a right for anybody that wants to run for president to be on the debate stage. So if you don't have a party that's able to raise the amount of money, and it's not a little bit amount of money, to be on that debate stage, you don't get to be with the Democratic and the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Or you can get 2% um, of the votes from the previous election to be guaranteed a spot. And so I voted third party hoping that there would be enough people that we would get to the 2%. I think she ended up at like 1.7 or something like that. Um, so, but it's not 2%, right? Almost doesn't count. And so I just would like to have more voices on the stage because I'm just, I really, I don't, at this, at this point, um, 
I just don't think any party or any of the major, the two major parties are fully representing who I am as a person, as a woman, as a black woman, as a black person, as a homeowner, as a business owner, right? I think that there are parts of each party that work to my benefit being all of those things, uh, just to be completely honest, because under Trump, the breaks for business owners have been great. Uh, so I just, I'm voting Biden-Harris because as Christy said, in this election, I, I, I can't, we can't leave anything up to chance. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do believe that this election, every vote is going to count. And while last election, I wasn't, I already kind of felt like Trump was going to win anyway, because I just like that's what this country is. I, I can't have someone up there speaking as reckless, like, and just, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't do another, I can't do another four years of this. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So. Can I ask? Mm-hmm. If this election goes the way that I think a lot of us don't want it to go, what are your next steps? What are you going to do? My next steps? So if this election doesn't go, my, my, my thought is I would like to get involved with maybe creating like those webinar spaces that I'm talking about, like somehow putting putting those together um and allowing not just like i said democrats and republicans to have these conversations but also third party candidates like the green party before before kamala and the reason they have to say that she is um they have to say that she's the first black woman of a major party to be vice president because the Green Party had already had a black woman candidate, you know? And so it's like, and who has done a lot a, a lot in, in the community. And I'm not saying um, Kamala hasn't done a lot in the community, but she is definitely like more grassroots. And so, and I think the independent party is also running. The independent party is either running a black woman for president or a black woman for vice president as well. Mm -hmm. And so, that being said, I just think all voices need to be heard. And so if I can kind of create that space that would help to, I don't know if I need to create a space to develop a Black agenda, because I feel like there are many people who have a bigger voice than me that are working on that. But there needs to be a space to pull people in to that Black agenda that then has action steps that are beyond asking the presidential candidate to endorse this Black agenda and implement it into their ultimate campaign plan, right? Like there has to be action steps that then, if we have a national Black agenda, then that should trickle down to our congressional Black agenda. That should trickle down to our local and state officials so that it, translates and everybody knows okay i'm voting these people for my council members these people for um my district seven representatives or whatever and then i'm voting these people because and, and everything funnels together and it's going to look different because every state every city 
has similar needs, like we can say like criminal justice reform, right? But criminal justice reform in a place like DC that is still seeking statehood is gonna look different than in a place that Massachusetts that's a very liberal state that's gonna look different than criminal justice reform in Texas, right? So like a space that, that, that takes that and creates actionable steps at all levels, that is what I would like to do. Mm. And that's a big thing. I've actually never said that out loud <laughs> until now. No, but, but it's something like I'm very passionate about, but it is a lot. So <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> but now that I said it, I guess I'll have to, to do it. Mm-hmm. I have to figure out how to do that. But yeah, that's well, action. That's what I yeah, that's what I would like to do. Um and I'm not sure. I mean, I would like to do a vocal action. Um I would like to, but it would it would be with the under. I would want people to understand that we would be, like we'd be working like there's collective packs. That is what's called the collective pack, and it's a black pack that supports that financially supports black candidates, and we would have to be on one accord that the goal of these groups are to support black people. It's not. It's to support black people and support the candidates that support black people. Um, so I don't necessarily, it would, what they call it bipartisan. I wouldn't want it to be so focused on, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want it to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it to be as focused on party lines, more so the issues. And maybe it's outside of politics. Like how do we leverage our money and these protests that we're doing, like all, like everything boycotts of Gucci or whatever we're doing, right? How do we actually leverage that to ultimately meet the needs and the requests of that Black agenda? So Courtney, who are you going for? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm voting for Uncle Joe and Kamala. Um, one, there's a couple reasons why, but I think to Christy's earlier point, I personally feel like this is my personal opinion. <laughs> I hope I feel, so. He said, "What?" <laughs> I said, "I hope so." <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you are a person of color voting for Trump specifically, there is something that you don't like about yourself because mm-hmm. I feel like you can you can agree with a lot of the Republican pieces of the agenda um, and some of the things they talk about. Um, I do feel like in some ways it benefits people when we talk about finances and things like that. Um, When we talk about business owners and things, I think there may be a piece in that. But to specifically be of color and vote for Trump, I feel like you got to either have some deep self-hatred happening or you must be one of those people who feel like I did it on my own. I don't got to give back, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, That's just my personal opinion about people of color who vote for Trump. so I'm not voting for him, I'm voting for Biden and Kamala. I feel like, and the reason why I feel, I feel comfortable is not the right term, but I feel better voting with Joe and Kamala is I feel like one thing I can say, I think I've seen over time is whether it's through his experience, maybe working with Obama or whatever, I feel like Joe has listened in some ways to a lot of the things that have came up. And I think he has listened and made some changes in areas that he could and areas that he listened to people in. And I think 
Like, even when he said he was going to have a black woman on the ticket, he stuck to that. You know, like, I think for that sense, I feel better voting for Joe and Kamala knowing that. Um, I also feel like I want to vote for Kamala because I want her to be the first black woman vice president for a major party ticket. Like, I want her to win. (laughs) So I'm voting for her because of that and i as someone who worked on capitol hill for a little bit and was into that um it's interesting to kind of have some of that inside experience and then be on the outside of it now um but those are the reasons why i'm voting for biden and kamala i also think it's interesting and i mentioned this to you guys earlier is like a lot of white people don't say who they voted for but a lot of black people always say who they're voting for. And I don't know if it's because we couldn't vote for a long time. So we got excited. We was like, we telling everybody who they voted for or whatever. Um, but a lot of times if you ask white people who they're voting for, like, unless they are very pro, like I'm voting for this person, they don't really tell you. They're like, I like this, I like that. And you don't really know who they vote for until after they vote. So I always think it's interesting how that always happens in spaces. Um, you know what I was going to say to that point is, um, I was in Greensboro, as you know, for two weeks, and then I drove back and I had to go down like a kind of shady path back Mm -hmm. home, right? And I see so many Trump signs, Mm -hmm. right? And when I was talking to my aunt, I was like, oh, you need like a, you know, a Biden-Harris sign. And she was like, no, I feel much safer Mm. anything in my yard. And so that got me to thinking like, you're right. I wonder if there, because I have thought about that too, but it's like, do I want to make my home a target? Yeah. You know, by saying that I'm voting this way because of the craziness of the people that support this president, mm-hmm. you know? And then I also feel like, I don't know, white people, and they can't tell me who they're voting for. That's because they vote for the other pot. The other they vote for Trump. <laughs> and they just don't want you to know that they, they don't want me to know that they are really racist you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so um so yeah i was i thought about that i said wow you know that is true especially when you live in certain cities and yep. in places like yeah you don't want your home to be targeted but they can have flag 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 I think to Christy's question, if the election doesn't go the way that we want it to go, one, I feel like I'm going to need to go get me a gun license and I'm going to need to stay strapped (laughs) because I don't know what's going to happen with these crazy good old boy white people out here, (laughs) but I'm going to need to be prepared. Um, But I was talking to my mom about this and she is a she has been pushing me to do this for a long time but i said i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna join something and i'm gonna run for for something locally either in essex or new jersey so i'm gonna i think i think either way i would do that but if the election didn't go the way that we hope it to go i would really like be like okay i'm really going to be intentional about this for the next year what about you christy because you said you're not really into politics so if it doesn't go the way that you're voting, what will you do differently, if anything? Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. That's why I asked y'all. I'm getting ideas from y'all. <laughs> 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 oh, I, I, 
I mean, I'm going to probably get more into politics and staying more informed and engaged. Chicago is a heavy political city. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you are in, you are in the place. Yes, yes. Shelly and and Barack is, you know, they call the politics here the machine. Yeah. It's very political here. Actually, being here, this is my first time like going to church or going to events where there were so many political officials that will attend because oh, yeah. you know, because they're trying to get your votes and they're trying to you know, get their names out there. And so but it's also those like churches and stuff that are trying to connect themselves yeah. because they know that you have to be you have to network like mm-hmm. right you like gotta the be, you gotta be all together the churches are like the staples of the community and so you form those relationships with your local politicians and you're able to create the necessary reforms that are needed in the communities but in the dmv i don't think i never i attended a small church growing up so there were no politicians coming by our church i'm pretty sure the mega churches they yeah. are coming there because they're either members there or they feel that there's value in going to the mega churches because they can address the congregation and yeah. mm-hmm. say their spill and whatever and they can get voters from there so it's been very interesting just being in chicago i think it's been 15 months just seeing how politically involved a lot of the people in chicago are and just seeing how politics are run here so you know, I really don't know what my next steps will be, but I do think that I will, like I said, become more informed and more engaged because if this does not go the way that we're hoping, clearly there's something wrong and we have a whole lot more work to do. Yeah, it's interesting you talked about like growing like where you grew up because growing up in Boston, I went to what I would, well, I thought I went to a decent sized church. So I moved here and I learned about mega churches. Um, but so I guess a small church, but um, it's a very historic church in Boston. And so during political campaigns, many of the um, candidates would, would come on Sundays to, to, you know, give us their spiel and all of those types of things. Um, and then Boston, where politics is very big, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of my, like, my first internships were at courthouses and on the local Capitol Hill. And, um, you know, we had a mayor that was always supporting our talent shows, like, in our neighborhoods. We had long, long live Mayor Menino. Okay, I just want to throw that out there. Uh, but... You know, it was always it was always around you, black people running and um, Dorchester Banner, and just like you said, go especially being a part of the AME Church um, in Boston. You get many of those people are going to the AME Church, so you're seeing them at conferences. You know, your grandmothers know their grandmothers and are vouching for them. Um, so that's interesting because when I came here, I feel like I definitely moved away from being as interested in politics, surprisingly, because, I mean, I live in the DMV, so here's DC, 
but locally i definitely feel disconnected from the politics here and that's something that since i bought a house i have been trying to become more knowledgeable about but Mm -hmm. being in pg county it's so big it's so large and honestly i somewhat feel safe um meaning that like i don't feel like especially i I don't know sometimes on a local level i feel like anybody i vote for is probably good because there's not that Mm, that's safe in that way yeah i yeah i don't feel as large of a divide it's not like boston where the lines it's like in boston is very racially segregated so it's not like there's someone who really does not know anything about my community that's running and it's like super important to vote because you don't want that person because they're only going to look out for their side of the tracks like I don't have that here so I feel like I have (laughs) just been like okay you know go ahead go ahead and there's so many black people running for local things here like that I've never experienced that either (laughs) That's so. interesting that you mentioned it because, you know, <laughs> I'm from Prince George's County and maybe that's why right. I'm not as involved in politics because mm. PG County is predominantly Black and I've never, there was never really a reason that we had to, I guess, heavily get involved. Like there was never really anything that we had to like challenge or we felt like, you know, our local politicians were not representing our interests well. So I think that's probably part of it. Like there was never really, nothing really sparked, I guess, an interest in me or interest to be more involved. And my parents weren't really like that either. They didn't raise me to be heavily politically involved. Like I said, they voted, but that was like the extent of their involvement, Mm -hmm. which I think is okay. I think that could be enough. Like you want to be informed and you want to get engaged if, you're interested or if you want to but I think the basic thing that you can do is just vote and so you know I never really thought about it like Prince George's County yeah we I think we don't heavily you know kind of (laughs) promote uh certain political agendas because pretty much I feel like everybody is on the same page that's interesting because growing up in Rhode Island I don't think we had as much politics, but my mom ran the mayor's campaign for like a couple of years. (laughs) She sits on so many boards. My father ran for city council and like ran a community program. So I feel like in that sense, my parents have always been involved in politics, even though we were from a small area, Um, which is probably why I was so eager to like work on Capitol Hill for a little bit. (laughs) And then I did the opposite. I was like, ooh. I don't really know if I want to be a politics. Um, but that's interesting. I never thought, because in Jersey, it's it's very weird. <laughs> the politics here are very, like, it's very cut and dry in many spaces. Um, and people, like, it's very Democratic or Republican. It's not too much in between. Um, and people know exactly what they want to do and who they want to vote for. So it's very yeah yeah where you come from definitely can make or shape or where you live and uh the reason i started like i said i bought a home in prince George's county so that's the reason i wanted to get involved but as i was buying a home and i'm listening to young families moving here uh, many of them are very worried about education so when i started to research education 
you know, it's like, yeah, on one hand, coming from a place like Boston, I feel, I feel like I was much more voting along race lines. Mm. Um, and here I am because race associated you with the issues and where you wanted to help remediate those issues for the black community. Um, whereas here, because there are so many black people, I really dissect <laughs> the candidates because it's like, yeah, I would, I would like my kids to not have to go to private school. Like I would like my children to be able to live in a predominantly black county and be able to go to a good school here and get a good education, right? Mm -hmm. And if all of these people of color are running for these offices and they're getting in these offices and the school system is still subpar, that's problematic on us, right? I don't know. I'm saying right because that's what I would assume because I don't understand how it all works here, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's not enough just to have someone who looks like me in the office, right? You, I need to have someone who's actually making change. Because you, you know, see how taxes, many out there right. Trump. Okay. Yes, taxes, <laughs> higher here, like just those things, crime, whatever, housing, those those are things that are of interest to, of interest to me. And so um, that's partly why I started going to my homeowners association meetings as well, because I figured well, at least I can learn a little bit there. And then I can go to like, you know, county meetings that they have. There's a virtual one that's coming up soon that I'm going to attend as well. Uh, so I wanted to uh, read some comments here. Recently, you all know Ice Cube, or you might not know. Mm. But Ice Cube uh, developed, <laughs> he developed a plan that he is calling the CWBA, and that plan has now been adopted by the Republican Party, and they are, um, oh, sorry, CWBA. Wait, allegedly, allegedly adopted. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the CWBA means contract with Black America, and so pretty much he has, um, various reform legislation related to criminal justice reform, related to employment. Uh, and you can, you can read it. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll post it when I post this on the YouTube, the link that you can read it. But it's pretty much calling out America for just forgetting about Black people and different things that they can do to uh, support the effort. So according to Ice Cube, when he submitted this plan to both the Democrat and Republican Party, Democrats told him that they would address it after the election. The Republican Party actually sat down and had a meeting with him. And so it was confirmed by um, Trump strategists that they sat down with Ice Cube and they were able to take some of his plan and incorporate it in what they are now calling the Platinum Plan. Goodbye. First of all, I did not like the name Platinum because I thought of like ice, you know? <laughs> of course they would sit down because they need everything they could get right now. So they're going to fake the fact that, and I say fake the fact because I don't feel like they give two shits about the black agenda. So they're going to do exactly as little as they need to do to make y'all think that they got a black plan and then y'all going to fall for the okie doke. But continue. 
so that being said, Courtney, you already started. Uh, how do you all feel about how do you all feel about that? And I wanted to actually read Ice Cube's quote, uh, which is his tweet, because I thought that it was um, I thought it was interesting. So he said, every side is the dark side for us here in America. They're all the same until something changes for us. They all lie and they all cheat, but we can't afford not to negotiate with whoever's in power or our condition in this country will never change. Our justice is bipartisan. Thoughts? I feel like, okay, I have a lot of thoughts, but I'm gonna try to condense it. I feel okay. like, <laughs> I said it already, I think it's BS. I don't think, I don't feel like the Trump administration cares enough about a black agenda to be intentional about the black agenda. I think he cares just enough to have black people on his campaign to say he released some people from prison and that he's down with whoever he's down with because you can't have a black agenda and not denounce white supremacy. Them two things just don't go together. <laughs> like they don't go together. So I feel like part of it is he needs to do just enough of what he needs to do to get the black pe enough black people on his side. Like the person who first tweeted about it after his secretary, press secretary or whatever, it was a black mm -hmm. man. It was like, yeah. oh, shout out to Ice Cube for putting it on or blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I also have some type of, um, I also, and this could just be my personal. It's, it's all personal. <laughs> I feel like I don't necessarily know if I want someone that, Ice Cube Rich making a plan about Black America without asking Black America what Black America wants because like no shade to Ice Cube like yes you 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 was down like you know you was who you was in the beginning but now you have transcended so like even when we talk about the Jay Z and the NFL and stuff like that like yes they they make their connections but I feel like their connections are based on a different level that a lot of Black Americans are not at. And it's not to say that we ain't doing it, we just ain't doing that <laughs> right now, right? And I think it's also like, how, like why, I feel like part of it is maybe the Democrats, and this is not to, to defend them, but they have came out and said a lot of things about the black agenda, more than the Trump administration in a positive mm -hmm. way. So that could be why maybe they're putting it off. Um, secondly, I don't trust Trump. I don't trust anything he says. I don't believe that he cares enough. Um, and I also feel like, yes, I mean, Ice Cube met with both of them, so that's good. Like, we can't say he picked one side of the other. But to promote it to be like, the Republicans sat down with me and they adopted it, it's kind of like, but do you really believe that though? Like, is that what you yeah. really believe? I don't know. I mean, I don't trust anybody to do anything that doesn't benefit them. So I don't fault Ice Cube for meeting with both large parties. Just as we started this conversation, third parties do not have a chance. And that is just the fact. It's a sad fact. It's one that I don't like, but it is our reality, right? And so for me, just because I, I, don't, I don't think Trump, Trump, when he looked at that, he and his team looks at it, they're not looking at it as a black agenda. Right. What they, the parts that they probably implemented and put the $500 billion towards are parts that are not, he's not going to call the black agenda. Mm -hmm. It's parts that benefit, prob that benefit 
his platform, right? And so similar to like how Martin Luther King had to stop calling it black rights and he had to change the name to civil rights to appease and appeal to a larger audience because the people that were in power were not gonna support black rights, a black rights bill, a black rights bill, right? It's similar to what anybody has to do. I think at this point, going to Trump with anything with black on it, historically black college university, like it, whatever this seed of contract with black America is, is dumb. But I do not think that it's dumb to go to anyone in power and speak whatever they need to hear to get whatever you need done. That's what everyone does in politics. That's what everyone does on your job. That's what everyone does. That's effective communication, not communication, but effective communication. Mm -hmm. And so there's where I have it. At the same time, I feel like Ice Cube going public with this sends the wrong message to people because some people are going to think like, oh, Trump, you know, endorses something that's called contract with Black America. He has a contract with us. And that is not true. Con Trump has a contract with himself and only himself. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, right. I mean, and how are you going to trust a failing businessman to uphold anything in a contract? But he's failed. Uh, so I did want to read, Christy, did you have something you want to say? Just real quick, to me, this administration yeah. is all about optics. So they're going to take whatever they can get to make themselves look better, to make mm -hmm. themselves look like they are pushing and prioritizing a Black agenda. Don't fall for it, like Courtney said. The other thing is, I agree, Roshana, you should go to leadership, to the decision makers, and push for your agenda. But I don't think solely it should have just happened with his administration. You can also talk to members of Congress because they are the ones that are going to put the push the legislation yeah. forward. So yeah. while you do need to make sure that, yes, you have the presidential administration on board, you also need to make sure that you have Congress on board. So, um, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. And with Ice Cube, you know, kudos to you didn't know that you were <laughs> the leading authority of Black America. And let's be honest, did Trump really know it came from you, Mr. NWA? Okay. Okay. What Courtney said, like, you can't not denounce white supremacy and try to push forward a Black agenda a black at the same time. Thank you. you can't not condemn what happened in Charlottesville or what what happened the killing of george floyd or brianna tell you cannot like you can't not address that but then be like i'm going to contract with you like yeah, that just doesn't it, it doesn't mix like, together you told them to stand by and stand down so <laughs> you brought up a good point though like like i didn't even think about this i'm sorry just really quickly it's i didn't okay. even think about this um um NWA Ice Cube went NWA, Ice Cube went to, to meet with the the presidents, right? But this and this is why it's so important to understand the election, because like Christy said, like you need to meet with the senators and councilmen. He, did he do that for his state of California? Do you know who's running on your ballot? 
do they have a black agenda for you because you live there while Trump or Biden, whoever is up there is going to be for the whole country. These people in California will be for you. So like, did you check them and make sure they have a black agenda? Like, no, you went to these big parties, made it public. Like you make an, like I thought, okay, anyway, but that was right. But that's also, that's also problematic. And we can talk about this another episode of just like celebrity culture. Yeah. And I think that we have to remind celebrities and remind ourselves that because we, we have, we, we have a great expectation for black celebrities that they should be speaking out about issues that matter to black people. At the same time, as you climb the ladder, you no longer are a part of those same people that you're speaking for. You're still a part of black America, but you might not be, that you're not a part of poor black America. You're not a poor of working class black America. You're not a part of uneducated black America. Even when I say uneducated, I mean, not just those who may have dropped out of school, but also those who just don't have the same level to the world-class education that even celebrities who didn't go through formal education have now have access to, like the Jay-Z's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To be able to be in these rooms and understand and have these conversations. So they also need to understand that, like to to all of your point, Ice Cube, you may not be the person to have that in-depth conversation. And this is why I said I want to create these spaces because I want these spaces to be created for people like Ice Cube to be able to listen, to have a plan. So that way, because there is, he for him to have the level of access to be able to get to directly talk to these big parties, that's important, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to make it seem like his connection is unimportant. That's like crucial, right? Mm -hmm. But when he's going into that room, he needs to bring the person with him and, or he needs to have be, be so well-versed about what the agenda is that he fully understands what he's articulating. And then we're not sitting here, right? Because if, let's say if we had this and everybody understood this was part of the plan, right? And we are saying we are done with parties. We are all about Black people, right? Because that's mm-hmm. personally why I feel like we need to go. If we all knew that, Ice Cube, go ahead. Go take the, go take the contract with Black America up to the higher-ups and talk. Then when they came back and said, okay, we like one, two, and one, two, and five, but we're not going to take, you know, three, seven, and eight. Then we would have said, okay, now we're in negotiation because now we are negotiating for ourselves, not negotiating based on a party. Right. And everyone is in on the plan. Mm-hmm. That, that is the part that people are missing. And so for the most part, our viewers and listeners on Facebook, they said similar things. Basically, everyone is saying they don't support Trump, but they, the people, at least on my board, said that, you know, we as a people have to respect difference of opinions um, and that, you know, not all Black people are going to have the same, the same um, opinion. At the same time, where I would like us to go as people is really to think beyond if I talk to a Republican, that means I'm endorsing the Republican Party. If I talk to a Democrat, that means I'm endorsing the Democrat Party. If I'm talking to anybody that can do anything, it's about Black people, period. Mm-hmm. And so if I, we have that mindset, I think that will help us go beyond the election. So ladies, that brings us to the end of our talk today. And um, yeah, this has been good. 
Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's good. Yes. Y'all better get out and vote, okay? Get out and vote. <laughs> yes. Early voting is going on in a lot of uh, states. I've already had my melon ballot and sent it off. So, yes. Yes, if you're in Maryland, um, please, or PG County, I should say, I'm voting for Kenneth Harris the second. He is running for the Board of Education here. He's 28. He lives right here in Upper Marlboro, uh, works for NASA, has a lot of experience in STEM and education with young people, young black brother. Come on, let's get some young blood in there, PG County. Hey. PG County. All right, well, we are moving on to On 1000, where we highlight something or someone who is On 1000. So I'll go first. I'm gonna actually do to three people. Number, okay. <laughs> number one, I talked okay. about <laughs> my parents and how they would take me with them to go vote. And so they're on 1000 because I think it's really important that your children see you go and vote, that you start that early with them so that when they are of age that they go and vote. So yes, for them, for encouraging and promoting voting at an early age y'all on 1000 and then the next person is kamala harris we saw the vice presidential debate we saw all the many faces we could all relate to them and you know i think it's very difficult i saw a lot of commentators talking about the debate afterwards of how black women are viewed how we have to try and not not to be seen as angry or mad or upset. We just can't come across harsh or negative. And Kamala definitely held her own. She did a great job. Um, I do feel like she held back a little bit. And I think it is because of how we as Black women, we feel that we are viewed. And so I saw that there was an open letter uh, my mother-in-law actually sent it to me. I think it's um, some of the sororities sent an open letter to her where they're pretty much like, we support you. Like, you do you, boo, okay? Like, be be yourself, stand in your power. We got your back. So, Kamala, we got you. And so, Rashad. Oh, I was on mute, sorry. I'm talking about, we got you. <laughs> Who you got? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I am going to shout out Ayanna Presley. We talked about her shirts earlier. We are the squad. She is a woman of color from Massachusetts. Not originally from Massachusetts. I think originally she's actually from Detroit. Um, and what I love about her is that number one, she's just beautiful. Uh, she represents us so well. She speaks so eloquently and she still, you know, gives us a little eyebrow, a little neck when she does it. Uh, and I just appreciate being able to see myself represented on Capitol Hill um, from everything that she's doing around uh, criminal justice reform and reforming the legal system. I love that from being one fourth of the squad, which was the freshman class uh, to the House of Representatives. You go girl, loving that. And uh, to recently shaving her head bald. And so as someone who is just 
going through this journey, just once again, having someone who is out there and doing it beautifully and still being just so vulnerable to the things that affect us as Black women is awesome. So shout out to you, Ayanna Presley. You are my shero. I remember when you were running for local office and look at you now here on Capitol Hill. You rock, girl. So um, I do want to add a 1000 Club highlight. Um, we all talked about it. Shout out to all the women in Congress, in the House, in the Senate, running for office, killing it on the boards. Like, shout out to all of you. Shout out to all the Black women, women of color who are out there killing it. Um, and shout out to all of the people who stood in line with early voting. <laughs> The people, I was so happy to see Rhode Island's line. It was like wrapped around us, like, I'll go. I'm so proud of y'all. <laughs> Shout out to everyone who got in line, who stood in line, who, who waited to get their vote in and made sure that it counted. Shout out to you guys. You guys, I want that on with thousand because a lot of people are just not doing that. They wait until the last minute. So shout out to you guys for taking the, event, taking the initiative to go wait in line and vote. Yes, I'm early voting on October 26th. I will be there at 6 a.m. because the poll opened at 7, and I want to make sure I'm there. What about you all? Are you all doing early, in-person, mailing? I'm doing mailing. I've already dropped mine off. Are you voting in Chicago or? Yeah, Maryland? Chicago. Chicago, okay. Illinois. Mm -hmm. Illinois, yep. And you? Um, I, I don't know. What I realized is you have to check your state to see what the early voting options are. I realized mm -hmm. I don't think Jersey has an in-person early voting option. It's either mail-in oh. or day of. Um, so I'm struggling a little bit because I like the feeling of going day of and like mm -hmm. voting that day. I really like that, but I'm also a little nervous this year. Like I'm like, maybe I need to get it in early <laughs> just yeah. in case somebody forgets something. So I have a couple of days. I said I'm going to think on it um, and really research to make sure that you can't vote early in person. So that's why it's really important for you guys to know your state regulations with the voting laws. I didn't know New Jersey didn't have that. I was like, oh, I could just, you know, go vote early. I, nope, not happening. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Awesome. Well, this was a great conversation. By the time you all watch and listen to us, it will be November 5th, which will be after the election. And we will all know who our next president is. And we hope, please, Jesus, Lord, baby, Jesus, that it is Joe Biden and our vice president is the wonderful um, Kamala Harris. So tune into the 1000 Club podcast, videocast, wherever you listen to your podcast, um, and YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, every other thursday we are here but also if you miss us on thursday the beauty of listening and watching is you can watch us and listen to us at any time you'd like share like subscribe tell a friend tell a friend to tell their mama to tell their cousin to tell their daddy to tell their sister to tell their auntie okay? listen to the 1000 club podcast and follow us living our 1000 life also highlighting you all living your 1000 life on all social media platforms ig facebook and twitter at 1000 club life until next time we say peace we out Bye. Bye.